this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine. It's a children's song, right? A lot of us grew up hearing that. Maybe our parents sang it to us or we learned it in maybe a Sunday school. But it's a little more than that. If you know your history on this song, it's actually a popular gospel song. By the 1930s, this song was a familiar spiritual in the African-American churches throughout the United States. And then this song has been used, it's been used throughout history, throughout pop culture. Uh, in 2012, uh, some of you may have, have watched it if you were watching Disney back then. It was at the center of one of the Disney movies in 2012. Bruce Springsteen, if you heard of that guy, little, uh, little artist, didn't do much. But uh, when he was traveling and doing tours in the middle of a concert, if he wanted to take them to church, he'd bust into this song, This Little Light of Mine. Most recently, uh, I have this uh, fascination with The Crown, the Netflix series, um, but most recently, this song was in the royal wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan. But what fascinates me most about this little light of mine, this song, is how it was used by the leaders of the civil rights movement in the 1960s. In an interview with NPR, Ruth May Harris, one of the original freedom singers in Georgia, she shared this. She said, in the midst of struggle, everybody say that, in the midst of struggle. We're going to say that a lot today. Let's say it one more time. In the midst of struggle, she said, in the midst of struggle, music was our anchor. It kept us from being afraid. When we would start singing this song, This Little Light of Mine, somehow those billy clubs wouldn't hit you. Can you imagine? Arm in arm, in the midst of struggle. This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine. In the midst of persecution, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In the midst of heartbreak, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In the midst of hate, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine. For the last few weeks, we have been talking through this book called The Sparkle Box. And some of you are like, John, if you read that book one more time. 
I swear to baby Jesus, right? Some of you have been feeling a certain way about it, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to read the book today. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if, if you don't know the spark. <laughs> yeah, it's got me doing laps. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the sparkle box, because for some of you, this is your first time here, and so I want to acknowledge that. But we've been reading this book, The Sparkle Box, and if you need a copy of it, contact me. We'll figure something out, because this book has had a profound impact on so many people's lives. We've been overwhelmed with the stories, right, of how this simple book of just truly caring for the least of these, caring for other people, right? Being intentional about how are we going to care for Jesus, love Jesus by caring for other people. We're going to put that in our spark box and open it Christmas morning. Like it's been amazing. And many of you have come to understand and experience, experience the powerful truth of this, of when we show compassion, we experience compassion. When we show love, we experience love. When I give my time, treasure, and talents out of joy, even in a season of lack, in return, I am given something back, something that surpasses understanding. When I am the light, I experience the light. In the book of Matthew, uh, we find the largest collection of Jesus' teaching, right? And so in one gospel, largest collection, and then in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we find what is traditionally known as the Sermon on the Mount. Well done. That 9 a.m. service, they thought they were smart. They didn't get that right. So y'all were better. You can have bragging rights, 11 a.m. service. Well done. The Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, verse 1, it says that Jesus, he takes his climbing companions, his disciples, up onto the mountainside. He sits down and begins to teach. He's teaching his disciples this one sermon that goes on for days, three straight chapters, and y'all think I preach long. Come on now. Can you imagine sitting on the side of a mountain for... (laughs) But Jesus... In Matthew 5, verse 14, he says to all of his disciples, those disciples 2,000 plus years ago and the disciples in 2020, he says this to all of us. He says, you are the light of the world. You better pay attention when the king of kings, the creator of the universe, says you are. What's that, Jesus? Right, We should hang on every word when he says a you are statement because he's, he's defining who we are as his creations. Right, So what's he say? He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Ooh, Lori, you could unpack that. Everyone in the house. Everyone in the house. Everyone. Even the people that don't really like you. Everyone. Even the people that... Everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Here it is the turn. I love the turn. So that everyone will praise Your heavenly father. There's so much in these three verses. 
Um, and they, they have spoken so much to me over the years. But in these last couple days of prepping for this message, because listen, y'all, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be up here, but Micah got that sickness too, and now it's next man up. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I'm like, Jesus, you better give me a word because I only got a couple days, Jesus. This is what I think he gave me to share to you, and, and maybe it's just for me. But I think that this... Matthew 4, Matt 5, 14 through 16. I think it sums it up like this. Do you know who and whose you are? Do you know who you are and whose you are? You can pull out a lot of stuff out of these three little verses, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to identity. I'm praying that you hear this. Do you know who and whose you are? My help with three, three words that I hope you remember today. Uh, they all start with the letter P because I'm getting old and I need to remember things. And so that helps me. They all start with P and pastors like alliteration. So three things, position, placement, and purpose. These three things we're going to talk about, position, placement, and purpose. First one, position. Verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. Great. Thank you, Jesus. You just told me I'm the light of the world. Great. My question for you, is your light on or off? Simple. Is it on or off? Everyone knows what a light switch is, right? Great. Okay, I like to keep it simple, right? The position of the light switch determines whether or not the light is on or off, right? So what is the position of your light switch? Is your light switch on or off? I mean, you can tell by your actions, or, or you can tell by, you know, like the fruit, fruits of, you know, what you do. <laughs> is your light on or off? Very simple. I think maybe if we know that we are the light of the world, why would we ever choose to dim that light? Why would we ever choose to turn it off? If we are the light of the world. All right, let's take a step back out of that. I think for a lot of us, the answer to that question has to do with not knowing truly who we are and whose we are. Saying you are the light of the world doesn't really mean much. If you grew up your whole life under some other you are statements. And see, some of you did. Some of you grew up hearing some very different you are statements. You are not enough. You are not worth it. You are not lovable. You are not wanted. You are unqualified. Jesus is calling. You might want to pick up the phone. Some of you heard, you are unlovely. You are too old. You are too broke. You are too young. You are too rich, too ugly, too fat, too this, too that. 
But God, he doesn't see things the way that we see things. His economy is different. He measures things differently. See, when when the world says unqualified, he qualifies. When the world says unwanted, he says you are chosen. He sees you and he says you are a masterpiece. Yes, you. With all of your brokenness. You are a masterpiece. He says that you are strong. He says that you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. He says that you are highly favored. He says that you're worth dying for. He says that you are the light of the world. So let your light shine. You know that light drives out darkness, right? Don't you dare hide what God gave you to make the world brighter. Turn your light on. You are light. What position is your light switch on? Second thing, placement. Verse 15 says, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Great. Where are you placing your light? Very simple. Where are you placing your light? Some of us may have heard like, oh, yeah, I'm a light of the world. And some of you may know like, oh, yeah, I do have some light. And, I, you know, I share it, you know, like, but your light is misplaced. What do you mean by that, John? Great. Glad you asked. I have a phone. This is a phone. Great. My screen is cracked, but that's fine. This is a light. Some of you didn't know that you have a flashlight function on your phone. (laughs) This is a light. We would all agree that this is a light, right? And the light is on or off? On. Great. So um, in this situation, uh, in this place, um, how effective is my light? Can you even see the beam of my light right now? No. But but wait, I don't understand. My light is on. And it is a light. And it's on. I don't understand. Ryan, can you help me? If you have a phone and a flashlight function, can you turn that on right now? Huh. This is really interesting. Some of y'all are struggling to find your flashlight. There'll be a tutorial afterwards for anyone over the age of 45. (laughs) Look around the room. Oh, my goodness, what happened? Now, Now, what had happened? Same light. It's on. Light works best in the dark. The whole purpose of something or someone that can shine a light is to shine that light where there is no light. We were made for the dark. Are we taking our light? Are we placing our light in the dark places? Thank you, Ryan. 
Listen, having a bunch of lights on in a room that's already bright, that's just stupid and a waste of battery. <laughs> and I mean that metaphorically. You could unpack that for days. Ooh, there's something right there. It wastes your battery. It's draining to use your light when you don't need the light. There. <laughs> Using your light where there's already a bunch of light, it doesn't help people that are trapped in darkness. Where are you placing your light? I love to shine my light on Sunday morning with all the other Jesus people. Ooh, yes, yes, that's where I like to shine my light. But I turn that off the other six days. Uh-uh, they ain't getting my light. I laugh and I make, you know, that's a farce. But how often do we do that? I'm going to bring my best to Sunday. Shouldn't you bring your best to those living in darkness so they can actually see you know, what a true representation of light looks like? Shouldn't they get your best? Here's the reality. I don't know what brought you here. and I am fascinated every week that you guys come to this place in the midst of a pandemic because I know you're walking through stuff. I know it. And I only know this much of it. There are people all around us in your row trapped in darkness right now. Trapped in despair. Trapped in depression. In a dark cave wondering how the heck am I going to get out? Will I get out? People in your family. People in your office. People in your classrooms like that you haven't seen for weeks because all you got is a screen. Your servers at your favorite restaurant that are in a mask and, and you're mad at them because they can't hear you because well, you got a mask and they got a mask and you got a, sheet, a plastic plexiglass and, and they're, they're in darkness. You got people sitting at the end of your favorite bar. I know where y'all go. I seen you. That means I was there too. So <laughs> There are people all around us trapped in darkness. People who are desperate for light. You are the light that God will use to breathe hope into their despair. You. What if the dark places are the places that actually we will grow the most. What if the dark places are the places where we are supposed to go? What if it's actually in the dark that we then realize the power and purpose of our light? A couple weeks ago, I stood in this same spot uh, and we had a worship service to celebrate Rob Humphreys. And I read Psalm 23. 
Some of you may know it. You can say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And in the midst of that service, as I was sharing, I had this thought that I always kind of visually, when I looked at Psalm 23, I had this this idea that there were two paths in that scripture, right? You had the path of righteousness, and then you had the path that like led through the valley of the shadow of death. And as I was processing this, what if the path of righteousness is the path that leads through the valley of the shadow. What if they are one and the same? What if instead of fearing the path of the valley, we embrace that path? Knowing that it is that path that will lead to our restoration, he restoreth my soul, and our righteousness. Maybe, maybe that would help us like, have a deeper grasp and understanding of James' words when he says, Consider it pure joy when you are faced with many trials. For it is through the perseverance of those trials that you will be complete and lacking nothing. What if instead of trying to push against all of the mess that 2020 has brought to your doorstep... What if we lean into it? Because there's a lot of stuff being dropped off at your doorstep right now, right? I mean a lot of stuff that is being dropped at your doorstep that you didn't order. It's not all from Amazon, right? Because I know right now some of y'all are shopping online like crazy, right? Some of you are on the app right now. Shame on you trying to get your Christmas shopping done. I'll wrap up. Don't you worry about it. Some of you have been online trying to get all your Christmas shopping done, like, right, so that you don't have to deal with going into the Petri dish of disease known as Walmart. I said it. I don't care. Listen, I don't care if there's a 100% off sale at Walmart, all right? If it's in-store only, I'm good. I'll shop online. There's something that just makes me, yeah, okay, if you work at Walmart, I love you. I really do. It's just, yeah, okay. There are some things being dropped off at your doorstep in 2020 that you weren't expecting, that you didn't order. Right? Like, like something showed up your doorstep and you're like, no, no, there must be some mistake. I didn't order that. Please, please return to sender. Right? You didn't order COVID. There it is. You didn't order heartbreak. 
You didn't order a fair. You didn't order disease. You didn't order death. You didn't order unemployment. You didn't order cancer. What if in the midst of all that has come our way, in the midst of struggle, what if we can be like Ruth and May Harris in the midst of struggle to stand firm and say this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine in the midst of this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What if in the dark is where we find our light? Don't be afraid of the dark. It's in the dark that his light shines the brightest. It's in the dark that his power and provision are the most profound. God will meet you in the darkness and guide you through the valley. His light, our light, is made for the dark. Where are you placing your light? Third thing, purpose. 16 said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father we shine bright so that he shines brighter. So why do you sparkle? Why do you shine bright? You know, it's got to be more than because David said so, right? I mean, I appreciate y'all listening to your pastor. But, right, it's got to be, well, John, that there David, he, he read that book 15 times. So, uh. I'm going to sparkle. Like, because when the winds and rain come in torrents and they beat against that house, you got to have a stronger why than my pastor said so. Why do you sparkle? Purpose. Why? What burns so bright in you that nothing will snuff that light out? Do you know what that is? I know what my why is. I know why I sparkle. I know why I shine. I was given a light so that others may have light because there is a lot of time in my life where I didn't have light, where I was trapped in darkness, overwhelmed by addiction, overwhelmed by darkness, and I could not see light. It wasn't until other people shined a light on me when I couldn't do it for myself that I found hope, that I found a way out. Why do you sparkle? I shine a light so that everybody who ever experiences that will find a way out again. What is your why? What is your purpose? I know where my light comes from. I know where my help, my hope, my light, my light comes from the Lord. And I will share it with as many people as possible. Why do you shine your light? Listen. Some of y'all, and some of us, we're all guilty of this, we shine our light when, when things are going good, right? And, and, and look, that's just 
That doesn't impress anybody, and I don't think it impresses God. Like, that's like this, right? Here we go, Chris. So, this isn't annoying, is it? Front row, how do you feel? What about you, Pat? What about over here? Cameraman, you got that? That's real fun. How about over here? Oh, yeah, God is good. I'm going to shine my bright, my light real bright. I'm going to Jess Adkins. Look how bright he is, right? That's not annoying at all. But we do this. Oh, things are so good right now. I'm going to shine my big light. This big old light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Great, yeah. Uh, not impressed. More so, I, I'm not, you don't need to impress me. I think what pleases God I think what pleases God is that when we are walking through life and we feel like that the only light we got is more like a match, and it feels like at any moment it's just going to go out. And it's in those moments of pain and confusion, in those seasons of suffering and affliction, in these moments when you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that last bill. I don't know where that money is going to come from. But I'm holding on to you, Jesus, because you are the source of my light. Even when it feels like this goes out, I know that the source doesn't go out. I know that there's something more powerful that's holding me up. I'm holding on to you, Jesus, because I tried everything else and none of it delivers. You're all I got. And it's in those moments that the source of our light shines the brightest for all the world to see. It's in those moments when the source of our light, he says, I've got you. I know it's hard right now, but you're not alone, he says. He says, I will give you all that you need. I will never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never forsake you. I will be your anchor in the storm. I will be with you. My grace will be sufficient. There's so much power in that testimony, in that witness. When people, regardless of their circumstances, say, I'm still going to shine a light. Even though I have breast cancer. Even though my husband died, even though in the midst of struggle, I will shine. We control that, y'all. No one else controls our light. We are the ones that choose to dim our light. That's our choice. No one else is. Sure, it's easy like you're going through something and you're feeling a certain way about something. And so you say like, yeah, well, I'm not going to shine right now because they, I'm not going to shine right now because that president, I'm not going to shine right now because I'm not. It's easy to blame something in somebody else. But they can't control the light that lives in you and I. Only you can do that. Don't you give unhealthy people access to the dimmer switch of your God-given light. Don't you dare dim your light for others who prefer to stay in darkness. Let your good deeds shine out 
for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What if in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of challenge, what if we look intentionally for ways to shine brighter? That we ask God to use us to bring light to other people. You know how that's you get out of your funk, right? You don't get out of your funk by sitting in your funk. You get out of your funk by getting out of yourself and helping others. By being a light to others. By caring for the least of these. What if in the midst of struggle you shine your light by doing something as simple as paying for somebody else's dinner. A stranger when you're out at dinner. And you're like, John, you don't know my financial situation. The only reason I'm at Skyline is because I got a gift card to Skyline. I've been there. You don't know. I do. But I also know this. When we care for the least of these, even in our season of lack, and you say, God, I am trusting you and I'm stepping out in my faith with my finances, when, even when it doesn't make sense, like the widow the widow's might, won't he show up and deliver? Won't he show up and show off in your life because of your faithfulness? Watch him. Test him. It's the only time he ever says in the Bible, test me in this. Generosity. What if it's just buying coffee for the person in line behind you. It's more than just random acts of kindness. It's intentional kingdom acts of light in Jesus' name. It's because of Jesus that I'm doing this. Or, or maybe what if it's giving of your most precious resource? Some of y'all are like, I got money, who cares, but I'm not giving you my time. <laughs> to give of your time, your most precious resource, the thing that you cannot make more of. What if that's how you shine a little brighter right now? John, I'm so busy right now, I couldn't possibly. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe he's, he's asking you to step in and volunteer. Volunteer out in the community. Volunteer at Block Ministries. Volunteer to find a way to love on our school teachers and administrators. They're walking through a hell of a year right now. I said it. What if you look for ways to be a light to them? What if, what if you volunteered here? I got two ways for you to volunteer because we need it. I got no shame in my game. We need volunteers right now. In Harbortown, we need men and women to care for our kiddos. We need the men and women that will step in and volunteer. You don't have to be a rocket science or Bible scholar. You need to be a warm body who loves Jesus. All right? We need volunteers to step up and pour into our little ones. I hate what I've seen the last couple weeks. Kids and families being turned away that they can't go in because the rooms are full and we don't have enough volunteers to open another room. Come on. So maybe it's giving of your time and volunteering. If you're available and willing to step up, contact Megan. You can talk to any one of the staff on how to take that step. Maybe it's volunteering at our Life Center because we need some help right now. <laughs> we need help. We were just blessed. I mean, praise God. He is so good. He overwhelmed us yesterday with so much food for our food pantry that, that all of our storage rooms are filled to the brim with food. Praise God.
We want to be a good steward of that. That means we got to stock it and sort it and get it ready so that we can give it away to our families in need. So we need help. This Tuesday, 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., you can email Jody. You can talk to a staff member. Two simple ways you can get involved right now and be a light and shine even in the midst of. Maybe it's a little personal. Maybe you can break it down a little simpler. Maybe it's just showing kindness. We all could use a little more kindness right now. Maybe it's showing compassion when someone, maybe even your kids, are expecting condemnation. Maybe it's forgiving, regardless of whether or not they're willing to forgive. You forgive. Forgiveness. I'm grateful for forgiveness. Maybe the push that Jesus is asking you, because he's always asking something, What's Jesus saying to me? What am I going to do about it? Maybe the, the ask of how I shine a little brighter right now in the midst of is, is in our wallet. Ooh, John, you're not going to go there. Yeah, I did because I know where your heart is. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's giving sacrificially to the widow's fund that we recently started in honor of Rob Humphreys to care for the tangible needs of widows. It sounds a lot like something Jesus said to do, right? <laughs> Maybe we give sacrificially to care for widows. If you want to do that, talk to our Life Center. Talk to David, talk to myself. Maybe it's giving to our Christmas Eve offering, and if you haven't heard of it, you haven't been listening, but the Christmas Eve offering, 100% of that goes out the doors to care for and love our community, those in our backyards who are in need. How will you shine your light, even in the midst of struggle? In the movie Elf, you know that's about as deep as I get, right? In the movie Elf, there's this great quote, Buddy the Elf, he says, The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. <laughs> Maybe the best way for us to spread a little light right now is to sing a little louder. To shine a little brighter. For all the world to hear. Even in the midst of struggle, even in the midst of challenge, we find the strength to sing. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Y'all sound pretty. 
I want to encourage you to use that simple little song in the midst of everything you are going to have going on in the days, weeks, and months to come. To use this song right in the midst of struggle. And that struggle may find you right in the checkout line of Walmart. That struggle may find you in the hospital rooms of an ER. In the living room with your in-laws. This little light of mine. (laughs) Even in the midst of death. This little light of mine. Let this song remind you who and whose you are. Be the light. You are the light of the world. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you rescue us, restore us, and lead us down the path of righteousness. I thank you that you find us in our darkest moments and you breathe light. Let all of us step into that light. Let us all be great light bearers in the days and weeks and months to come. Jesus, we love you and we trust you. And I ask that you will overwhelm us with your peace, your presence, your provision. Overwhelm us with the warmth of your light. It's in your name that all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.